Good evening, and welcome to another edition of the JMV Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined, as always, by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Good evening, everyone. <laughs> Hopefully everyone is ready for some uh, shit-stained Saturday at CAA tournament action. <laughs> is that what we're calling it? I don't know. we got to come up with something to replace Pillow Fight Friday. So I don't know. I don't know. But, um, yeah, so there may be some adults on tonight. <laughs> um <laughs> As always, we are brought to you by Pale Fire Brewing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. You can go by the tap room anytime and mention the podcast. You'll get a free Pale Fire pint glass. Thanks, as always, to Pale Fire for being our first and original sponsor. Uh, we're so lucky to have them. And for the second week, we are brought to you by Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. You can go by their store there in Harrisonburg, mention the podcast, and you'll get a free Mossy Creek sticker. So we'd love for a few of you to go in there. Just mention it so they know the word's getting out. Um, we're so thrilled to have them on board. They've got lots of great stuff coming up. Rob, I know it's cold down there, but I've seen them. It seems like they're getting ready for the spring season here. It's cold, but it's about to be heaven in the Shenandoah Valley it's, if you like if you like chasing trout. That's yeah. right. So thanks to Pale Fire and Mossy Creek, and we're just so looking forward to another year uh, this year with both of them. Um, what we're going to do tonight, we are not going to rehash the – men's basketball coaching situation there will be plenty of time for that next week and other weeks to come i feel like we've said the same thing the last few weeks um but we are gonna we're gonna go around a little bit we'll do a couple things here and then we're gonna look at the caa attorney preview um this weekend coming up in charleston south carolina and talk a little bit about a something we're trying to get started this year for an old friend of ours that's really important to us and then we're gonna do our sort of the starting five for JMU hoops since the lefty era. So from our time till now, I know Rob with uh, Dylan McKay and King Kong Bundy going down this week. I was, I was feeling particularly old, especially, yeah, uh, yeah especially tra- I traveled for work the last couple of days and I'm just wiped out. So I feel particularly old this evening. So, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know, man. It just, it, these things, I don't it, the whole celebrity death thing never really got me. But then when you start seeing these people that, you know, what was Luke Perry, like 52? You're like, man, that's, yeah. that's young. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's a different perspective. You feel like people are going down in the prime of their lives. Right. Well, and, and if that's the prime, like we're not that far away from there. So. I, exactly. exactly. All, I'm, I'm having an existential crisis over all this crap. So, <laughs> so anyways, a couple quick notes. Um, women's basketball has already earned the CAA regular season title, or at least a share of it. Um, big win. They had a big win over Towson, a team that had given them some problems um, over the weekend. It was tight, but they got the job done as usual. And we're certainly looking more forward to being excited about a hoops team next week as we project onto the women's tournament the following weekend. But I'm not giving up hope. I'm so excited. Maybe <laughs> the men can, without Banks, which is what they announced. Yeah, it's not yep. good. It's rough, but. I don't know. It's still you still got to root for him, and oh, yeah. I'm also kind of one eye on the future. I'm kind of excited about the Virginia High School State Championship going down tomorrow, featuring oh. Michael Christmas's team. What a shame! He's big recruits. The guy had 24 points, I think, in the South. Oh, nice. Finals. Yep. Um, so that I mean, th- things can always get better. Yep, that, that is right. Um, so there's a couple more things. Uh, softball had a little bit of a tough, a little bit of a bump in the road this weekend. I think they had hoped to get a win in two of their big games. Um, they did not on Sunday, but they've got another chance coming up. I think tomorrow, actually, they're still out there in Arizona 
and they're playing a couple more big name teams this week. So that will be good for them. I think they went two and two over the weekend, but the two losses were the two kind of big name teams. Um, Lacrosse destroyed Canisius. I don't really know what that means, but they won twenty one to four. They seem to be rolling right along. And well, that that was expected, but it's it's good. They, yes, you know, they met expectations. They did. They had to have a blowout loss. Yet, I mean, they had to have a blowout victory. You had to have a convincing one. Um, we have the backup goalie got some run in the second half. Nice. So some other players got out there. Um, all in all, you know, another great, great performance. Um, really have turned things around since a tough opener yep. uh, against UNC. No, they look right on track right now. And I think they have a big one t- either tomorrow or this week at, at Penn State. Yeah. I think I heard they've moved that into the football's indoor facility because uh, of the weather, but that should, should not affect the Lady Dukes. So looking forward to. That, that's a good chance for them. I think JMU's in the top 10 and Penn State's in the top 20. So another chance for a marquee opportunity here for the lacrosse team. But, Rob, so this Saturday, um, <laughs> I, I don't know if it was expected coming into the season, but as usual, JMU will be opening the CAA tournament in the quietest game in the world at 4 p.m. in North Charleston um, in the 8-9 game versus Towson. I have to imagine. I, I put the over under on fans. What do you think? Maybe three hundred in the in the arena for this game. Yeah. <laughs> well, didn't the local some sort of the, I don't know if it's the planning committee or whatever who whoever sponsors this name the CA mm-hmm. they gave away like sixty thousand tickets. Oh wow, Jersey Mike. So, so, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. To, to youth around there. I guess it's like free kid with a paying adult okay charleston chamber of commerce getting it done yeah, yeah i don't know if you'll really see that on saturday right but it's gonna be rough man it, th- this was kind of controversial when they moved to north charleston or charleston whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it i was kind of excited about it yeah but it hasn't no it hasn't, hasn't worked really out. been worth going down no and, and this uh, but also the schedule like the it's very difficult to do the saturday sunday stick around Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday is the yeah, Tuesday, now? yeah. That's hard to plan a weekend. You know, I, mean, I guess if you're Northeastern or Hofstra, you can feel pretty confident. But if you're really going to book a four day trip, yeah, um, it's hard. It's it's time off to do work like, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a little bit easier if you can count on the game just being on a Monday, make a three day weekend out of it. And if you don't make it, whatever, you still get out of there. You're still in Charleston, but it's just a weird setup. So it is. And I'm it's... not anticipating a ton of fans. No. Unless Charleston, Charleston makes a run, yeah, which... they're the third seed. They could certainly make a run. That's what happened last year. It was a it was a great environment in the championship game last year. Some home cooking yeah, in the yeah. championship game, and I think but... they got to be disappointed this year. the The two games on Saturday are JMU Towson in the eight nine, and unfortunately for the Charleston, the seven ten game is Elon UNCW, who are yeah. the other two schools that you know really might have were they better might have might have brought some people, but. Hard to think they're any more excited than we are about this. No, so, it's, it's going to be rough. So, I mean, it's it's getting to the point where the CA might really need to take a look at if this if it works out in DC, great. But if it doesn't, they might be looking at a you know higher seed host type tournament setup. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually am totally in favor of that. I know that it just immediately puts you in the low major category. The way the CAA has played the last five or six years, I don't know that they're, they're a low major. They're a low yeah. major. That's what it is. Yeah, they they are. And one thing's for sure. I mean, when you watch that like Patriot League semifinal final, and it's at the home court of the higher seed, it's really fun to watch. You know, 
Yeah. I mean, we've cool. seen over the years where like American will make a run and suddenly it's a, it's a big deal. You know, if they get to the final and they're hosting the game, um, you can imagine what it would be like at JMU if JMU made the championship at home or something like that, or really for any of these teams. I mean, even Hofstra or Drexel or anybody would yeah. be exciting. So yeah, I wouldn't have any problem with that. I know the CAA is particularly tough because of the, the travel this time of year. I mean, it is such a wide, widespread league geographically that it would be hard for, you know, to get Charleston up to Northeastern say for the final or something like that. But it would, but it, it's, it's just, it's really hard to draw fans. Yeah. Hopefully it'll be a little better with DC. Yep. DC, you're kind of counting on JMU, William and Mary. It's a much easier trip for Hofstra. Yeah. It's an easy trip. Yeah, for, I mean, you got Towson, Delaware. Yeah. I mean, I think for Drexel, a lot of teams really, especially if they, if a team makes a run, you know, and, and you get to the semifinal or final and you, people decide they can get there. I mean, that's the way we used to be about I mean, it, when the game was in Richmond, you know? Yeah. yeah. If Jamie and Towson could get it together and just finish in the top half or top four, mm-hmm. it, I don't want to say any one school is more important than another because that's not the case. No. But, man, it would be a lot better for the it's, tournament, for the yeah. league as a whole. Yeah, um, absolutely. I don't know. It's, just, it's, it's kind of disappointing. We talked about the CAA being kind of on that tier of the mid-major slash low-major. Mm-hmm. It's largely because of JMU. I mean, yeah, Jamie is yeah. part of the problem. You're playing just this really bad out of conference schedule, which kills mm-hmm. your strength of schedule, and um, it's a mess. So it is, and you got, I guess it the, really the positive is, is yeah. you, you can improve it. You don't need to look. It's different than football when fans kind of look around and poke at the low hanging at the kind of lesser teams and say they're dragging Jamie down. In this sense, they kind of control their own destiny. Yeah, they do. You know, the pro the program improves. It will help the conference. You know, we are a little bit of the underperformer. I don't want to say anchor because I don't think that's the case. It's still one of the better schools in terms of attendance, which is really sad. Sad, but, yeah. Um, it, with a quick turnaround, Jamie gets back to that top four, top five, it'll really help the league. It would. And I, I, it's just frustrating because JMU is definitely, at this point, I mean, I'm sure there are others that would disagree with us. But, they, I mean, JMU and Delaware are really kind of the marquee programs in the league. In, in other sports for, for total yeah athletics. for total programs yeah. and both yeah. of them have not been you know i mean jmu in particular is the marquee program for so many other sports and they're just not pulling their weight in men's hoops so no. yeah um what do you think i mean jmu plays towson if, um certainly a winnable game they, they've lost to towson this year so certainly not not a guarantee in, in any stretch um the winner will play the number one seed hofstra i think if you and I are being, you know, objective about this, I'm not sure that Hofstra would be either of our favorite to win the tournament. Um, oh, no, right? I'm thinking Northeastern. Northeastern and Charleston in the 2-3. I mean, yeah. Northeastern, I think, is probably the most talented team. And Charleston, if they made a run, obviously they would have home court advantage throughout this, which has, you know, could serve them really well. And Hofstra has struggled a little bit. I, I, you know, oddly enough, JMU beat Hofstra just two weeks ago. So... Hofstra's had a lot of trouble guarding people, and they, they play a very aggressive style, get a lot of shots, score a lot of points, mm-hmm. but give up a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. The, the idea of doing that three times in three days, winning you know three games in the 80s, yep. that seems a little exhausting to me. It I, does. I think, I think Cohen is an excellent coach at Northeastern, and Pasika now healthy. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know. I think after last year, they got a big chip on their shoulder. I thought they got completely jobbed in yeah. the final. In the final, yeah, yeah. Um, 
but I really I, I think they're a talented team. I think Oxford's amazing too. Julian Foreman and, and Pemberton are both terrific players. Mm-hmm. But I just think top to bottom, I think Hoffs I think um Northeastern's a little more complete and that they, they play a style of ball that will be a little less exhausting. Uh, but you never know. I mean if Hofstra cruises to a twenty, twenty five point win. Mm-hmm. Uh, against the Towson or JMU team coming off a tough victory yep. on a Saturday night could make all the difference. But if Hofstra needs to play three of the types of games they've played down the stretch, yeah. these kind of nail-biter games in the 80s or 90s, mm-hmm. that's a tough ask to win three of those. It is. And we'll see. I mean, I don't think it's worth talking beyond the second game against Hofstra for JMU now. Um, uh, William & Mary Delaware winner would await in the semis for the winner of Hofstra, JMU, Towson. So it would be funny if this ends up being William and Mary's year. It, it would be, and, I, and I think both of, I, both of us would say, you know, if JMU was eliminated prior to playing William and Mary, we will be rooting very hard for William and Mary oh, as yeah. always. Yeah. Yeah. This would be a funny year if, if somehow William and Mary snuck in this year. Right. Yeah. After some of the scenes they've had with the Marcus Thornton right. and the close losses. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It'd be something else. Yeah. So the championship is on Tuesday at seven on um what is it like made up sports tv network or something no uh, something, something. Like i don't know um good job caa so yeah. take more selfies right. Joey D. Yeah. <laughs> so rob i don't have I, I did want you to will you talk a little bit though about what we want to do this week oh yeah this is pretty simple i was tweeting with some caa hoops folks last night uh todd and i mentioned in the past that um, one of our Twitter friends, CA basketball friends, Joe Sohoski, passed away last year. Uh, he was an ODU alum. Mm-hmm. So obviously kind of his fandom went more in the direction of Conference USA, but he still was a big part of the CA Hoops Twitter and would still show up at the CA Hoops tournament. We met him. Baltimore, yep. lost. Joe was one of these guys, kind of a very gracious, positive, always trying to make a good impact, very passionate about his teams, mm-hmm. but focused on the bigger picture. And would always do things like if JMU had a big win, he'd reach out to the two of us and say, hey, I want to do something to honor the guys or honor the fans. Can you tell me a, a local charity in Harrisonburg that I could Or he was mm-hmm. one of these guys in the Bills Mafia, you know, when, who was it, when Dalton? Yeah. Through that, you know, they, they all went crazy. Joe was one of those guys that really got behind that idea of, hey, let's try to sports into making a difference in the community. So he always was pushing to like, whoever wins, I'm going to donate to that local food bank. Mm-hmm. So that's what, Todd, that's what we're asking people to do. Yep. Um, a bunch of people last night jumped on board, pledged to do it. All the old CA hoops heads, you know, yeah, yeah. and Brodsky and Gary, all those guys. So uh, Todd and I are going to pledge, like, whoever wins this tournament, we will donate to a local food bank um, local to that school. Mm-hmm. And we, we'd like to encourage everybody to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Just to pay it forward, um, try to make something positive out of all of our crazy emotions over sports yeah. whether it's five bucks 50 bucks 500 bucks doesn't matter just we encourage you to please tune into the game root for your team whoever wins let's try to just make a difference by saying hey if it's boston if it's harrisonburg if it's delaware yep we'll, we'll choose a charity donate and then just pass it on and see if we can get this growing yeah and uh if, if somebody gets screwed in the championship and loses in a bizarre way, maybe we'll, maybe we'll do it to the losing we'll school. We'll throw a little that yeah. way. A couple, people, a couple people did that. They're like, that's something Joe would do. Yeah. I will donate to the losing school. Right. You know, Especially if it's William Mary. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so we miss you, Joe. Um, little way of saying we miss you. So, yep. yep. So what we wanted to do tonight was talk about, uh, this had come up a couple weeks ago. Um, 
somebody had asked us to do the starting five in the last 30 years uh, for JMU. And I don't know if we're going to go all the way back to 30 years, but we were thinking we will go back 2025 um, to, to that, the left. That's, yeah. that's what I consider the modern era. Yeah. It's, it's what a lot of people consider ancient times. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing this because that's when you and I became JMU. We became aware of right. JMU. We were students. We started following it. Um, let's not pretend that we were watching the team in the 80s. No. Or anything. <laughs> so we'll just start like, well, let's draw the line at lefty's tourney team, yep. which is the 93 94 team. Yep. So, Rob, you want to start um, us off? Guess, yeah, we're guess, doing this well, together. Well, we're not we're not each choosing yeah, a player. Yeah. No, we're just going to kind of work this through. I was thinking, let's not be sticklers for positions. No, no, no. You let's know, just we pick can the try guys, to pick like a point guard, play. Yeah. Five guys, particularly given in this time frame, basketball has changed so much. Right. I don't think you even see anybody listed as a center on the roster in the past 10 years. It's kind of become positionless basketball yeah. where everybody needs to do everything. But let's try to at least frame it around. Let's start the discussion with point guard. I think we've always had point guards. Yep. That's the one position that still stands out. Mm-hmm. It's been really um, frustrating the last couple of years, actually. And I know guys have stepped up to play the role. And now we have some, some hope for Deshaun Parker to keep growing into it. But when I, oh, when I, I was thinking hope. about – I really like his game. Right. But when I was thinking about point guard, it felt like even in the worst years of the Dean Keener era, it felt like the one position JMU could count on was having a reliable point guard. You know? And they just yeah. – it's a little frustrating right now to not have somebody that you're absolutely sure when they're on the ball – you feel comfortable that it's not going to be a turnover. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Who did you, who... And I think that's, that, that's one thing Parker's doing great. Parker's definitely yeah. taking care of the ball, but I mean, he's a freshman and he's doing things that he probably didn't expect, wanted to do, but probably didn't expect to be doing this far in his career. Mm-hmm. You know? So he's still a little bit learning the offense. I went way back okay. to a guy, Darren McClinton. Oh yeah. I, 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 played... I put McClinton on my list. He wasn't. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Yep. He, he was kind of a score first. Mm-hmm point guard um, averaged over 20 a game as a senior he was on that team that went to the tourney I think he was a sophomore that mm-hmm. year he's a big big kind of deal on the basketball training uh, industry around yep. here you know works with a lot of AAU guys actually sponsored the the Kenner League team that Matt Lewis played oh, on over the summer so okay. um, he was a really dynamic player on really on dynamic. Roster, yeah full of dynamic I mean it we could easily just choose the starting five from that team. Yeah, that team. And nobody pretty, really, yeah. nobody really have a gripe with it. So he was one guy I looked at. Um, then another, like an under radar person, and because of the Keener years, we'll get reliable, right? Was steady. I think Pierre Curtis. I uh, do too. I, know? I, I he was he was the guy I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's yeah. not flashy. He didn't have like outlandish stats. Um, really, when Brady came in, he kind of moved back to more of a role player thing mm-hmm. but i thought did an excellent job of doing that being a team first guy not wanting yep. really set an example well that that was the went off wells and um devon moore came in, yeah so yeah he was just a steady guy not a surprise i think he's coaching he is he's Furman coaching the women's, the women's team. team at Furman. yeah yeah he's an assistant yep. so he was just a really steady guy but who else you got? I, I thought ron curry is another one yeah you know that um in that i was just going to say curtis over curry I think Curry actually has probably the more impressive, you know, career stats and stuff, if you look back. Um, but a very similar type player. I mean, all three of those guys, McClinton, Curtis, Curry, that's what I was thinking about is we had a run there of, you know, where it seemed like we had guys that really played point for three or four years and were just so reliable on the ball. Um, and, and to not to sort of be 
playing people out, you know, like last year, Matt Lewis as a freshman is playing out of position there and stuff. Um, yeah. I think that's been a real sore spot for the Dukes and some of the good wins they've had this year have been games when Parker's really developed down the stretch. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, I think those are all good choices. Well, and, and then Devon Moore. Oh yeah. I didn't even think about Devon Moore. Yeah. I mean, we like, love Devon Moore. Same thing. Yeah. Devon Moore. Like I, I think he was a, member of like a really weird injury plagued class he had one year lost mm-hmm. to the injury julius wells is well i was going to say like, julius but, wells for another position here yeah, yeah. no i'm going to say like remember he went out with like heart ailment mm-hmm. then he had seminoff it was weird um he was a terrific crunch time player mm-hmm. you know and, and kind of the peak caa when he was playing with denzel bowles and vcu as a team like there were some epic battles mm-hmm. where people just went head to head and he would just go at it the thing that always stands out, mm-hmm. right or wrong, about Devon Morris, I felt like every game he had what he appeared or what he made look like, you know, a career-ending injury. <laughs> that guy would go down and twist an ankle, and like everybody would just go nuts, and he'd be writhing in pain, mm-hmm. and then he'd hop back up and be fine. But I, I guess if I had to choose from all that, mm-hmm. I I'm going Curry or McClinton. Yeah, I, th- I, don't I know. think I, that's I, right. I, kinda, I think I mean I think I those are the two best. I mean I love Curtis. Because he was the best player on some really bad teams. And I love Moore because at the end of the game, he was a better player in the last four yeah. minutes than. Yeah, he than, could take it or another. Yeah, one. he really, and, and just was unafraid um, of that kind of focus. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's just in pure, pure talent and ability that we've watched. I think it's got to be McClinton or Curry, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd go Curry from the more traditional point guard. McClinton. <laughs> mm-hmm. You, you could slide over to two. Or yeah, I mean, McClinton two. occasionally gets you 30, you know. Yeah. Or, oh, he was explosive. Right. I mean, it um, was definitely a score-first player. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, that's good. And then uh, I, I put – I mean, I don't know. I'm not – I don't know if he's a – it's probably a three, really. But, yeah, Julius Wells, our buddy Frank, is, is coming over to hang out a little bit. And I uh, I know that's his favorite player. He, he loves, <laughs> he loves Julius Wells. Um, Julius Wells, one of those players who has, has never met a shot he didn't like. Um but could really fill it up. Oh, um, he could. Yeah, I mean, just that's a guy who, when he got going, there was no, I mean, he really could score 30 any night um, and made it worth watching some some rough teams. <laughs> Those... Yeah, again, though, he played with Denzel when it was, mm-hmm. and there were stretches where everybody else was injured, there was just the two of them. Mm-hmm. And teams would just focus on shutting those two guys down and letting everybody else try to beat them. And they couldn't do it. You know, Wells, and on any given night, one of them would have 25, the other one would have 14. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd just trade off. Um, really kind of, I don't want to say it's tragic. It's only basketball. Right. But his career, because they discovered he had a heart condition. Um, so he just, I think he ended, what, like midway through his senior year, they found out, which was kind of scary. But, yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I had him kind of listed as like a forward guard. Everybody's kind of point guard. Then there's just kind of like everybody else. And then post guys, but I, I would I would certainly put Wells up there among the better guys. Um, right. A, another person, if we're looking at maybe that forward, that three four uh-huh. thing that Wells that Wells played, Juwan James. Yeah. Remember him under yeah, Keener? absolutely. Like so many people have just completely written off the Keener years and the Dillard years as unproductive. There was nothing there. There were some good players. Juwan James, junkyard dog, was just a gritty, tough player. Wasn't particularly large, but was an outstanding rebounder. Mm-hmm. Could get you just kind of those dirty hustle buckets um, on teams that really didn't have much hope no. of winning. No, I mean, uh, yeah, no, no. I mean, he was on like teams that won five, five, 
five games, seven games. Right. But he gave us all every night. Like, you, you wouldn't know that the team had no shot of going to the postseason, no shot of hitting 10 wins no. by watching him. He played every game like it was, you know, NCAA tournament on the line. Just a, a fun guy to watch during some pretty rough years. Yeah. I mean, I think another guy in that same vein is Chatney Howard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like. Absolutely. Yeah, where you're like, okay, this is pretty fun because this guy might score 28 tonight. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. But I don't. He played for Dillard, right? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I was, I didn't, I didn't over research this, but yeah, he, no, it was definitely some rough, some rough teams, you know. Yeah, yeah, but and a real another score. like, mm-hmm. if we're talking like another like three, three, four mm-hmm. guy, AJ Davis. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think mean, all those guys from the thirteen team, you know. But AJ Davis, I, I, in terms of, I, I just thought about Davis and Nation both, of just being so fun for this, you know, uh, just meteoric for one season, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Davis, explosive, mm-hmm. I guess we best describe him, but when motivated, yeah. which wasn't always a given, uh-huh. but when he had his game and he was motivated and playing hard, he was arguably one of the top two or three most exciting dudes seen I've been in, in a Jamie uniform. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Oh, you're yeah. talking like sports center type, top ten type dunks, long threes, he could beat people off the dribble. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the type of guy he could, you know, get a lot of steals on the wing and then just bring it down for big thunderous jams, alley-oops. Uh, and it all clicked with him. Like, he and Brady had a very weird relationship. He's spent a number of times. Yep. But then, what was it, maybe like late January or February of his mm-hmm. senior year when he was like 25? <laughs> right, right. It all clicked, and he just took over. He absolutely dominated that CAA tournament yeah. when they won. Yeah. Just, com- oh, just yeah, he just took over points. completely. Yeah, yeah, he took over. The player of the tournament by far. Yeah. And then the other guy uh-huh. you got to talk about, if we're going like wings or court, head coach Lou Rowe. That, that guy was a hell of a player. Yeah. Um, I mean, Lou Rowe's a little before it, my time. But, yeah, I, I just – I mean, there's no doubt. I, right? I mean, he, he's actually legitimately a great player, right? Great. And a great player graduated. on good teams. I mean, not a great player yeah. on bad teams, you know. No, a great player on a tournament team. I think it was a second, right. second or third leading scorer on the tournament team. I think he graduated the year before you came. Yeah, and he you. did. And and I, you know, that was also when the CAA was definitely a mid major, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they, that was a deep league with good players, and th- th- you know, he could hold his own with anybody anywhere. Yeah, and he kind of was like a throwback player, I mean, very representative of the time that he played in the nineties. Uh-huh. Great mid-range game. Yeah. Uh, had a really good ability to kind of drive and either get to the rack or pull up from like 10 feet right. in the in the lane, which is something you don't see a lot of guys do mm-hmm. nowadays. And it's kind of viewed as not very efficient. Mm-hmm. But back then, people didn't – I don't want to say they didn't know any better, but that was an effective strategy. Sure. That was something you looked for. And he was great at yeah, it. Yeah, we didn't. Um, didn't. Long player, just mm-hmm. really talented. Um, played very well kind of off of Clayton Ritter, mm-hmm. who was – a traditional post player again, something you don't really see mm-hmm. nowadays. But um, people who kind of question why those of us like of my error are kind of very reluctant to draw any conclusions about Roe or or criticize Roe, it's because he was just a blast to watch. Yeah, in his prime. Yeah, I mean, no doubt about yeah. it. And then, Rob, yeah. the other guy we got to talk about while we're doing the forwards, because I'm guessing where we're going on the center is um, yeah. Seminoff, right? Yeah, yeah, right. We got to talk about the the, just, the king of the eight year career, uh, yeah. Andre Semenov. 
I, I think still playing in Europe fairly successfully. Uh, you know, look, I, he's just a fun guy to watch, right? I mean, obviously was a threat to shoot threes all the time, but also did a ton of little things. I mean, rebounded, you know, put effort into his rebounding on the defensive end. Um, never afraid of a flop on the, on the defensive end. Um, and just a really fun guy, you know, a ton of personality on the court. And now, yeah. Yeah. People, people think I'm insulting him, but I mean, this has a compliment. <laughs> Seminoff was the closest thing to like a Duke player we've ever had in the sense that like, oh, yeah. if you're a JMU fan, you love him. But if you're not, you loathe him. Oh, yeah. Like pe- people could, because he just was like, in the very best way possible, yeah. he knew how to make an absolute pest out of himself. And if that meant just playing good D, it was that, or just hitting kind of the, the three or, or flopping on offense or defense, right. um, tugging on guys' jerseys. Like he had kind of that Duke slash old man at the YMCA game. Mm-hmm. That could be really effective. So, but who were you going to think? Like, I was thinking Denzel. I, I, I mean, well, no, I'm saying like who we choose in there. So we've got Devon for point guard, then forward. Here, what are we thinking? Or point guard, we have uh, Curry or McClinton. And then we got oh, kind yeah, of Curry. Wells. I, I think Jawan James, Julius Wells are probably my – I don't know if I can have some combination of those two. I, um, might, I might go Jawan. Yeah. Just kind of throw a bone to that error. Yeah, we may um, not play I'd any say, defense on this team, but – No. No. <laughs> highest, highest ceiling would be A.J. Davis, but he – it yeah. was just a little bit too brief. Yes, too I think brief. so too. Yeah. And Julius Wells, same thing. Unfortunate the way it ended, but he, you know, had his career cut short. So mm-hmm. I'd say Juwan James. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I think that's an All easy right. one. Yeah. We, we want to think about what about like the two position? Uh, who can we put at the two? I don't know. I, I was, first thing that jumped out yeah. to me was Charles Cook. Um, but God, so frustrating. I know. I, I, I just, I just can't. I liked him. He was part of a really fun year. Really fun year. And it's funny. And I think I actually, in some ways, I like year. him. I, I actually like him and respect him more because of what he did at Dayton after he left JMU. Oh yeah. Like it, it's which is he got better. Yeah, it's a really weird thing to say. Um, you know, normally we kind of are a little bit. I don't know. I, I mean, we're not angry. We're just kind of indifferent to people who transfer out. But I actually but I really I kept rooted up with him. him. I totally understood. Yeah. Right, I understood his reasons, and yeah. I wished him the best. And it was great to see him make the most out of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a guy who clearly was not maximizing his potential at JMU. And you know, some of that's just you're 19 and you haven't grown into what you're going to become. Well, his his sophomore year, he was. I think he was. There was a lot of off the court drama right. for that team, and and. From what I was told, Seems like it. he just wanted to remove himself from it. Yeah. And I, you got to respect that. Mm-hmm. And then his kind of battery mate in Andre Nation, talk about brief. Well, that's what I meant. I mean, Nation has but... like probably, I don't know if I really sat down and thought about it. I'll bet Nation has two or three of my favorite all time like JMU moments in basketball. Yeah. Right. I mean, just it, it, what a the dunk. Yeah. The, the, dunk, the, in, dunk, the dunk in, in Indiana, the, the block or, in the CAA tournament, you know, like, yeah, quite a few. The, the buzzer beating alley. Yeah, the Delaware. Delaware yeah, like yeah. just some really fun plays that, I mean, the sky was the limit for that kid. And unfortunately, it just, he couldn't get, get it together off the court. You know, yeah. um, it's just, it, yeah, that 13 team is, is really frustrating to look back at because, you know, they had 
two or three great weeks, <laughs> but yeah. I don't, I don't, that's, and we're all purple color glasses because of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not going him. Um, Hank Kaluko. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, I mean, I, I didn't, Kaluko's before me, but I think it's he was hard. Rose, he was Rose class. I mean, I mean Kaluko is the best moment ever at JMU probably. Oh, right? the, shot, the shot to get him in the tournament. Yeah. JMU? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the, the high water mark basketball yeah um, he was like at the time a kind of three-point assassin mm-hmm. i'd have to go back and look at the stats that probably meant game right you know, it was different but he was a really highly rated recruit coming out a lot of hype around him yeah um again just kind of like a good spot-up shooter uh, another ben. guy who like though it's it's funny I, I would probably like him more if the only thing i ever knew about him was he was a great player and he hit that shot mm-hmm. but he, the J, the Jason yeah, Williams. he was he was also one of the witnesses at the Jason Williams limo driver shooting. Well, he was charged with tampering. Right, he with, with evidence. Um, you know, we kind of overlapped with his one of his siblings at JMU. Um, you know, there were always there were always whispers that Dad was heavily involved in yelling at coaches and stuff. Oh, he, yeah, he used to sit in front of me. right. Yeah, so like I I don't know. I mean it's. It's not the. Uh, <laughs> there's a reason why a really highly rated recruit ends up at JMU sometimes. Yeah. yeah so I don't know. That, I mean, that's that's probably know. just and, pure slander we'll, from us. But well, no, I, you, I, I'm leaning to put him in the starting. I think time, so. I, I mean, that shot is as good as it ever gets. Yeah. Do, do you remember Jabari Oots? I, I had Oots. I wrote Oots down. I couldn't really say him. I thought that that would be one that if Frank was here, he'd be all excited about. But yeah. No, I mean he transferred from Howard. Uh-huh. I think I looked it up. I, I'm not. I think. Like I remember. Yeah, now I that we're at the four, four and five position, I was thinking. I mean, Oots, Bowls, yeah, yeah. What, what was was Oots a four or like a three? I don't, I don't I had know. Him yeah, like three, four, but he was like a sixteen point four assist per game player. I, I thought him more of as a wing guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he was nice, but and then the other guy, nobody wants to talk right. about it now, and this is probably recency. Stucky Mosley's pretty good. I, I don't think he's at the level, but I think he's maybe a tier below. Yeah, um, in terms of for just for the role he played is probably underlooked and depending on how things go the next couple of years yep. could really impact him. Like coming in as a transfer being kind of the elder statesman who was new in his own right, mm-hmm. but leading a team of very young guys. If Lewis and Banks and Wilson and Parker continue to develop, mm-hmm. um, I think some of that credit might need to go to a guy like Mosley. Yeah, who, I think so. Who kind of led the way and led by example. Yeah. On, on a team that really didn't have much to play for. So. Yeah, I, I think I mean, Mosley's weird. I, th- I think he's easily the best player in the Roe era. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm hoping that Lewis or Banks. That's has what I mean. I mean, that, that by the end. But right but, now, you'd have to say that's he's the guy. Right. And if if something were to change with JMU in, in the next year, I don't know that you know Lewis and Banks would have to do a hell of a lot next year, just in one year to pass to pass Mosley. So yeah. I, I certainly hope we get a couple more years of those guys. Um, and I hope they are with a successful Lou Rowe coach team. But yeah. yeah. And then, the, I mean, Rob, we got to put, are we going to put Denzel at the five? <laughs> Just forget about defense entirely. Den- well, Denzel or Clayton Ritter. And Clayton Ritter, I know. Yeah, Clayton Ritter's a little early. Yeah. But yeah, obviously, look, Clayton early. Ritter's probably the better player. He makes the team, if we're really started doing a starting five, he makes the team better than does Denzel. But in terms of our, actual i mean you did you get to see clayton a little bit 
I did. Yeah, I did. He was so. he was there my freshman year. He was the leading scorer on the team that went to the tournament, mm-hmm. um, and they went head to head against Florida. I think Andrew DeClerc was yeah. on that team. Oh yeah, yeah. And Greg Williams, Ritter yeah. was Ritter. I don't know. He was maybe like a flasher Jeff Ruland. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. So, uh, <laughs> he was really good, but a guy who just got better every year and was very effective. Good post moves, nice touch, mm-hmm. uh, could rebound, decent passer. Um, wasn't a type of guy who was going to blow you away with any sort of highlight reel type right. moves, but could fill it up. You know, he balls was a different level of offensive talent. He was, it, it's just hard. Right. I, Cause I would pick Ritter. I'm picking Ritter here. Cause I think he makes the team better, but yeah, in terms of just entertainment, I, I don't know. I, I was also so frustrated with bowls. Cause I'm like, how do we have a player that is this good? And we are this bad. Like, and yeah, part of and, it was Bowles' fault for not not well, he, playing he in the yeah less than zero interest in playing defense right I mean just and, didn't didn't even invited to like big time big man camps yeah in between junior and senior year and it was right there for him people were saying like NBA potential if he can just improve on defense puts more effort and it didn't make a difference he no just, he just and didn't like do yeah, and then else. he went to like the Philippines and won the league MVP and won a championship because yeah. he really did. He just wanted to go I somewhere mean, where they didn't make him play defense at all. <laughs> but but yes, was, if he caught the ball he, on the wing, you know, or the block, I mean, there's no better play. It was, it going, was going in. Ahead. I mean, and it was such a yeah. variety. I mean, it wasn't just like I mean, he had an old school post up game, but he also made yep. you know 15 footers consistently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was so you. much to his and game, and that was like wasn't wasn't it like going up against Bazemore and those guys too? Oh, yeah. I mean, that was like when the CA was a yeah. three bid league. Was the, the Bulls team was the last team to beat VCU in the regular oh, season? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, uh, beat beat yep. them at the road, and then they went up. I mean, it and VCU was good mm-hmm. that year. Um, yeah, Bulls was a was a freak talent, but. I, I got to go Me Ritter, too. which means I'm in danger of having three guys. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. No, so, so what we got? So, uh, we got, got Curry. Juwan James, James. Ritter. Ritter. Um, who else do we see there? Then, do we want to go? I, 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 Kaluko I and Seminoff, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't Sem, – Yeah, yeah, Sem, yeah Sem six, six man. man. Yeah. Seminoff, six man. Do we get yeah, Coach Rowe? definitely. Definitely. Coach, so, uh, for me, the, the last yeah, five Ritter, were Julius Wells. Rowe, Coluco, Curry, and, who am I, and Juwan James. Yes. Yeah. James, That's probably James. our five. Yeah. Seven off. Probably seven off the six man. Yeah. Um, maybe Pierre Curtis is the backup point guard. Maybe Julius Wells is the heat check guy off the bench. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. good. Um, yeah. That's a decent squad. Yeah. I, I think this would be actually much more difficult for the women. If we did the same exercise, I think it would, it would it be would. much more difficult to pare down <laughs> these players. But well, it's also it's it's very tough to judge things with any sort of rel- yeah like the era equality. The, the, there's well, there's also just the bias. There were really good guys that played for Dillard, really good guys that played mm-hmm. for Keener, and we've kind of just tried to wipe yeah. that from our memory. You know. Uh, to, Jabari Utes, for example, like he was, he yeah. was awesome. Chatney Howard, yep. guys like that. Um, and then there's guys that were role players back on good teams. Remember like Charles yeah, Watt? Yeah, I do. The post guy when you were there? He was a really well, solid player. 
exactly the sort of guy that could have made the difference on some yeah, of those we, Brady teams. Mm-hmm. You know, like like Trevon Flores, but with all due respect, Trevon Flores, but just a lot more effort and intensity and interest in playing down low because people valued guys right. that played down low. You know, Trevon Flores wanted to go out and right. shoot threes. Um as anybody would, because that's what well, it's and we talked tight, about so Nation like and AJ era. and Devon Moore, but we didn't even mention um, Hitchens and Goins on that team from thirteen in terms of role players, yeah. right? I mean, Goins was probably as mm-hmm. important as anybody to the little bit of success Jamie you had there in that run. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's a it's a fun thing to think about. Hopefully, you guys have enjoyed indulging us in, in some old school Jamie hoops. Um, it, it does show it's not all bad. For JMU basketball, but I hope you know. Oh, the future! The future found better. better. Got a new arena coming. So, um, (laughs) but with that, Rob, I think I I, just so everybody knows, we're gonna definitely in the next couple weeks. I mean, we're excited to talk women's hoops. Gonna get into a couple more things. I think we're gonna have a guest on from JMU to talk about Giving Day at some point in the next couple weeks. So that's gonna be fun, and we'll be getting much more into softball and lacrosse as we go forward. we were right about baseball. Once they played Louisville, things did change a little bit. <laughs> I think the combined score of those two games was like 16 to one. So. Didn't they? Didn't or three, they whatever. They yeah. 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 They play, I mean, it's mm. just a difference. It's very tough to, to go for the yeah. difference in pitching yeah. when you're playing like mid-majors versus a top 20 team. That's when you start to get real major league baseball mm-hmm. prospect arms. And I, I don't know, like Todd, neither no. you nor I played baseball at a competitive level, but one of my good buddies from grad school right. played at Auburn and he was saying, you know, the difference when you go like top high school, the difference between like 87 and 92, he said, eh, you can handle it. The difference between 92 and 97, mm-hmm. it's closer. It's, he said for guys like him, who was good ball player, but not a prospect. Mm-hmm. He said, you're closing gotcha. your eyes in prime. Yeah. No. There's like the five miles per hour difference at that level. And yeah, I think yeah. that's what you're facing when you go to a Louisville. They ran up against a great pitcher. I believe he yep. gave up like one nothing hit. You could do. I mean, just, yep. just mowed him down. So nothing, nope. no reason to be discussed. So anyways, thanks to Pale Fire. Thanks to Mossy Creek. Uh, Rob, we will talk again next week. Yeah, and good luck uh, to the Dukes in the tournament this weekend. We will be rooting for you despite the fact that uh, the fan base is a little bit apathetic or checked out right now. <laughs> That's right. And good luck to the JMU, the big recruit in the state championship game. Absolutely, Michael Christmas. Get it done. All right, I'll talk to you next week, Rob. Go, dude. Oh